Shalom Aleichem, Shavu Atov, to all of you great listeners of this beautiful station, station of Divrei Musar, Divrei Alacha, Divrei Taurirut, Divrei Musar, and religious music. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. Yesterday we read Parashat Vayeshev. I would like to bring a parallel between the parasha that we read yesterday, that is a story of Yosef al-Sadiq and Hanukkah. And at the same time, I want to bring a parallel between the story of Yosef and Purim. Obviously, if you look at the Mephashim, you'll find there are lots of parallels between uh, the, the, the parashat Vayeshev and parashat Mikes and Hanukkah and so on, but I just want to bring one of them. Now, According to the Gemara says that the Mahshimam, the Evanim, in the days of the Hanukkah, they made a lot of gizirot against the Bnei Israel, and it says, "Kishigavra malchut hashmonaim, when the Hashmonaim became very strong, and they were able to vanquish the Greeks, they went into the Beit Hamikdash, and they found one vial of oil which was pure with a stamp." Of the Kohen Gadol, that could that vial was only good for one night, but it lasted the entire eight days. So, so therefore, he says we're celebrating. We celebrate because of the miracle of the oil. And what beracha do we make? We make lehadlik ner shel Chanukah. That's what that's the beracha that we make. Now I don't know how many of you have read or studied the history of the Greeks at that time. We're talking about 100, it started 150 years before Hanukkah. When Alexander the Great, a young man, started at 20 years when he became a, an emperor from a small Macedonia, a small country, was able to conquer almost the, uh, most of this known civilized world in the Middle East, Egypt, Iraq, Syria, even the Persian Empire crumbled in front of them. The Persian Empire. Of course, Judea also uh, fell into their hands. They even went all the way up to the eastern side of India. Now you're talking about a really very strong and powerful nation. And the Bnei Israel were able, with the help of the Hashmonaim and the help of Akadosh Baruch Hu, they were able to chase out the Greeks, establish their independence, and kept their independence for about 200 years. Isn't that a miracle? I mean, that is really a miracle. What don't we make a beracha? Baruch atah Hashem. No, we make a beracha about the the hadlakat nerod, about the miracle of the oil, not the miracle of the war. We have a similar situation with Yosef at Sadiq. There were two miracles that happened here with Yosef at Sadiq. The first one is discussed in this parasha. As we see, the Bnei Israel, the Shebatim, 
ושבטיקה, צדיקים. Still, the Torah tells us just as it is. According to the Ramban, it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do things with miracles very easily. But he doesn't bring a miracle just like that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires to let things uh, unfold in a natural way, in a natural fashion. The objective is to bring the, the Bnei Israel into Egypt, enslave them as the Gizra was. So Hashem makes a, a scheme, a scenario, where Yosef HaTzadik is sold, he goes into Egypt, it's uh, uh, with the, with the uh, uh, smartness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's helping him, Vahi Ishmat he was always successful, Hashem was with him, Hashem Imo, he was able to uh, uh, be, uh, interpret the dreams of, of uh, the king, in Paro, and from there on, he became the viceroy of Egypt and brought the Bnei Israel downward. But it tells us in a very uh, uh, regular, natural way that Yaakov Avinu, he gave a certain uh, special kind of mantle, a, a robe, a tunic, and it was not just a, uh, a garment. It was, it was something that really signified leadership. And the brothers were jealous. They were jealous. And then one day, he goes over there. They see him. He's alone. And then the, they wanted to kill him. So then Reuben, no, Reuben says, why kill him? Throw him into the pit. Now, that pit... As the Gemara says, had snakes and scorpions in it. When he went down there, even if it's for a minute, two minutes, he would have been bitten by the scorpions and the snakes and there was no way out. He would have to die. But nothing happened to him. That was a miracle. There's a miracle of the pit. Then there is another miracle which is described in the next parasha. The next parasha, after Paro had a dream, and he didn't know, you know, what it meant. So comes one of the officers, and he says, you know, he was also in prison, and Vesham itanu na'ar every avid lesaratabai. Now, listen, listen carefully what he says here. Na'ar, a, a childish kind of person, a child. Uh, Na'ar, by the way, the numerical value of Na'ar is 320. And the word shote, like a fool, is also 320. So he meant to say he was just a childish person. Uh, and then every a Hebrew, a Hebrew, <laughs> he's not from the country. There's not anything about the country. There's not the language. There's not the culture. He can't possibly have any position uh, of, of highness. Like It's impossible. And to top it, he says, uh, Avid, a slave. In the constitution of Egypt, the slave cannot possibly become a ruler. So he actually depicted him, he described him in a way that Yosef was, it couldn't possibly be anything big. But he did. He became the viceroy of Egypt. That's a miracle. 
Now we have two miracles here also. The miracle of the pit and the miracle that he became the viceroy. Now, the Midrash says that when Yaakov Avinu passed away and Yosef HaTzadik, with all his entourage, we're talking about, I mean, a viceroy must have had hundreds of people with him. And they were going to Eres Israel in order to bury Yaakov Avinu. And what happens is that he made a detour. He made a detour. Everyone, all these people, he made a detour to go to the pit where he was thrown. And he made a beracha. Baruch she'asalines b'makom hazeh. When a, when a nest happens to a person, when a miracle happens to a person, you're supposed to say, Baruch she'asalines b'makom hazeh. Question is, here again, we have two, two, two miracles. One, the miracle of the pit, and the miracle that he became a viceroy. He makes a beracha on what? On the fact that he was thrown into the pit, on that miracle. Why not the other one? Why not? Why not? It's the same answer for both cases. You know, there is such a thing as a nesnigla and a nesnistar. A nesnigla is a miracle that is revealed to everyone. It cannot be denied. It cannot be refuted. It's against nature, what we call in Hebrew, it's above nature. If you go by natural means, it could never happen. The splitting of the sea, for example, Kriat Yamsuf. <laughs> Where do we hear that a sea all of a sudden splits and you have water, like a wall of water on the right side, a wall of water on the other side, dry land, and people walking through. And then when Hashem wanted it, the walls came back down. That's that that's that's a nest nigla. This is a nest that cannot be denied. It, no one can 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 replicate this kind of a nest. Now, but the other hand, the uh, or uh, the the man also. I mean, the nest of the man, for example. I mean, wait, wait, did you ever hear of a food falling down from the sky? You have to work for it. You have to plant. You have to irrigate the land. You have to work. You have to harvest it, take it, and then you have to bake it, and so on and so on, before you get a piece of bread. Just everything fell from the sky. Any flavor you want, it's in there. That's a nesnigla. But there's sometimes a nest, which is a nesnista. The nest is there. Unfortunately, people try to rationalize. They try to make, well, maybe this, maybe this, maybe that. They, they, a person generally does not, uh, is reluctant to admit that this is a nest from HaKadosh Baruch We talk about the war. Of course it was a nest. The war with the Greeks. But people can rationalize it. Oh, at that time, 
uh, the Greeks were very busy fighting other wars. Uh, the Roman Empire was starting to grow and give them a hard time. Uh, the Jews knew the terrain much better. Why? This is, you know, how many battles they had to fight with the Greeks? It wasn't one, two, or three. We're talking about Hashemayim, the style with like a few people. And they were able to conquer the land back again? It's a mess, no question. But be a, the, the, the Hachamim, they were wise and they made the Beracha on the Hadlaka of the Ner because of the Ness that happened in the Beit HaMikdash because that Ness, we have one vial of oil which by nature can only last one night and it lasted for eight nights. This is a Ness, a miracle that cannot possibly be refuted. No one can deny that. There's no way to rationalize it. So they made a beracha on it. The same thing here with Yosef at Sadiq. He made a beracha on the pit, the nest of the pit, because following the laws of nature, anyone that would fall there for a few minutes, even for a few minutes, the scorpions and the snakes that were in there would kill him. He was saved. It's a nest. This is the nature. Is That's what's going to happen. It didn't happen. On the other hand, someone that was in prison and became uh, a viceroy, hey, <laughs> that's possible. Mandela was in prison and became the, <laughs> the president. Uh, so so it, 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 you, can, you can rationalize it. It's not something that happens every day. Who thought that uh, uh, 15 years ago that Obama was going to be the president of the United States? Did you ever think about that? Of course not. But it happened. So he made a beracha on something that cannot be rationalized. Something that cannot be refuted. You know, here's a case. Uh, I heard a, a very short story. But this rabbi, he went to Eretz Israel, and he hailed a taxi. In the taxi, there was a, a, a Israeli guy, a Jew, it was Hiluni, not uh, not religious. So this Jewish guy, the 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 driver, he saw there was a rabbi behind. So he told me, you know, I want to tell you an interesting story. The rabbi says, yeah, go ahead. He says. He was with his friends, like a group of uh, 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 friends that were in uh, in the army. After they finished service in the army, they all went for a safari in Africa. You know what a sa- safari is? You know, and you, you go places where there's hayot uh, raot and wild animals, this and that. But they assured them that uh, they were going to be safe. They don't have to worry. So they did go there, and for a few days it was okay. Then one night, one of them was missing. And they heard screaming and screaming and screaming. They all ran, and they saw there was a big, big snake that was wrapped around one of them. And you know what happens snakes like that? They keep wrapping themselves until they choke the person and, uh, and kill them. 
So they tried everything. They tried to scream at the snake. They tried stones, throw stones at the snake. They took branches from the tree and hit the snake. Nothing helped. Nothing helped. So one of them says to the uh, to the victim there, he says, say Shema Israel loud. And he said, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, the snake started to release him and just went out. A miracle. All of a sudden, Shema Israel, that's it. So he says to the rabbi, you see, that person, he says, when he came back to Eretz Israel, he became a Baal Shuvah. He went to Yeshiva, he studied, became Shuva Mitzvot, uh, he married a religious person, had religious children going to Yeshivot. Then the rabbi says to the, this driver that was Heloni, what about you? So he answers, well, the snake was not wrapped around me. Rabotai, imagine. He's a man who saw the miracle himself. He saw it. But he rationalized. Well, it wasn't me. It was somebody else. I don't have to. I don't have to believe in the miracle. In front of him. This is why the Hachamim are telling us, oh, we make a beracha on something where the, the, the miracle cannot be refuted. Many of these things happen to us, Rabbi, every single day. Ourselves. Akadosh Baruch gives us messages all the time. We have to acknowledge and recognize these messages and be grateful to Hashem at all times. Now, as I said at the beginning, I want there's a parallel also between the story of Yosef at Sadiq and Megillat Esther with Purim. And I want to spend a few minutes about that also. And there's a lesson to learn from it. Of course, the parasha details the story of Yosef at Sadiq when he was being induced by Potiphar's wife. And she tried persistently and consistently to seduce him. And failed. She tried in every way. Threaten him, induce him. She 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 threatened him, she'll make him blind. He says, Hashem Ivrim. She'll make him bow down all the time and stay like that with a with a rod. You know, she'll put him in prison. Hashem Matira Surim. Then she went the other way. She offered him a lot of money. He would not accept either. But look what the Torah tells us. She was talking to Yosef at Sadiq yom yom every day. Now, every day in Hebrew is kol yom. Every day. But it doesn't say that. It says Yom Yom, day day. What's the significance of this Yom Yom? Why not? And we find 
a similar situation in Megillat Esther. Haman Arasha was promoted to become like the, like the prime minister of Persia at the time. And everyone was bowing down to him, except Mordechai. Mordechai had Sadiq because Haman had also Abu Dazara that he was wearing at all times. And Haman, they, there was no way that Sadiq like Mordechai was going to bow down to Abu Dazara. So they told him, the, the people, that, hey, you have to bow down. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be in trouble. He didn't listen. He didn't listen to them. But look at the wording. They told him again, why not call Yom? No, Yom, 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 Yom. In the case of Yosef al Sadiq, Yom, Yom. Here, Yom, Yom. Why not call Yom? And by the way, these two Sadiqim were rewarded the same way. Yosef al Sadiq became the viceroy of Egypt. It says, and he, he took uh, the, the, the ring, you know, that signifies a, a royalty and gave it to Yosef. And the same thing happened with Mordechai, by the way. The king removed the ring from Haman and gave it to Mordechai. But there is a very interesting and important lesson that we learn from this. You know, many times people take liberties, especially when they're away. They don't understand that that's the way Yeserara works on a person. A little bit at a time. The first time, a little bit, then more and more and more until the person fails. Like uh, the Gemara says, Amar Avhuna, Kivan she'avar adam avera v'shanaba na'asit lo keheter. A person does the avera once and he, he keeps doing it. After it looks like, it becomes like, ah, oh, it's okay now. He's so used to it, 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 it doesn't matter anymore. A person goes out of town, he goes to a place, and he goes to a non oh, he, he's, he's bothering him the first time, it's killing him. Well, he's only eating fish. What do you mean, eating fish? What about everything else? Eating fish? What about the pots that they, they cook it in, the, the, the utensils that you're using? The, the, the salads that they're giving you, the sauces that you use, the bread that you're using, what about everything else? Doesn't bother. Well, the first time it kills him. Like once I heard from Hakam Shalom, he said, this kind of people is like, he, he, he compared it to when a person is fishing and you take out a fish. When you take out a fish, you, the, the first few minutes, what happens? The fish really thrashes about, jumps around really badly. After a couple of minutes, he jumps a little slower. And after a while, nothing, completely dead, nothing. It's what happens. A person does the avira the first time. Oh, his heart bothers him and his mind. Oh, what did you do? What did you do? Yeah, the first time, it really bothers him. Second time, less. Tenth time, even less. Like nothing happens. That's it. That's okay. See? And 
the Midrash says that the Greeks were like, they were like the Yeserara of the Bnei Israel because they tried slowly, slowly, first, well, it took a long time before the, the Gezerot came. You know, it was first with persuasion, there was the Hellenism, uh, we are, uh, a lot of Jews actually uh, started to practice the, the customs and uh, of, 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 the, of the Greeks, and, and they, they, they started to take upon themselves their culture, and so on and so forth. Then it took a while. Finally, they came into the Gezerot. And if you notice, the word Greece in Hebrew is Yavan. Yud, Vav, Nun. How do you write Yavan? Yud is a small vertical line. The Vav is a bigger line, vertical line. The Nun, even a bigger vertical line. That's how Yitzhara works. It starts slow, like a Yud. Then it gets like a Vav, and then it gets like a Nun, and it keeps on growing and growing until it really overcomes you. And you, you fail. This is, this, this is what the Torah is telling us here by Yosef HaTzadik and by Mordechai HaTzadik. It's telling us Yom, Yom. Not call yom, because if it's every day, after a while, it's going it's to wear out. Yom, yom means the first day and the tenth day and the twentieth and the thirtieth day was exactly the same. If they had that same resistance toward the sin as the first day. Yom, yom. That resistance towards was mithadesh. Every single day was mithadesh. That is the kawah of the tzaddik. Not to fall to the tzaddik. It's because every single day it's the same kawah, it gabrut, the power that a person has in order to fight out the tzaddik. And this is a very great lesson, Raputai. I know Many of us uh, go to Hong Kong and uh, to China or, 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 or you know, do business all over. And there's quite a bit of opportunity for temptation. Remember, yom, yom. Every day, you have to renew that same strong resistance that you had the first time. Not like the fish that comes out of the water and, and after that it becomes, you know, completely gone. Be careful at all times that the only way to be able to fight the Yisra and conquer it is to keep that same strength, that same resistance against him at all times. Happy Hanukkah to all of you. Uh, I want to again remind you that this is a beautiful station here. It is to our interest to keep it going at all times, to keep it alive, but it needs help. And I hope that each one of you makes an effort to help. Also, if you have any simha, and whether it is a brit milah or it is a wedding, bar mitzvah, try to call 
uh, SLC. We have a nice, beautiful uh, 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 ballroom over there. We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Happy Hanukkah and Shavuot Tov to all of you.